I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is a, this is, we don't usually do this. This is a trigger warning um, right off the bat. Actually, it's not really a trigger warning. It's a NSFW warning. So the reason I'm saying this is because <laughs> I, I kind of want to, I kind of want to save uh, uh, our own asses. Um, so if you are listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you are at work right now, make sure you have headphones on. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast on one of those platforms and there are family members around, Put those headphones on. And uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, hmm, make sure you're against a wall to your back and you're in a corner and no one else can see your screen. Uh, with <laughs> wow. that, let's go into oh, this like very this. interesting lane that I found today. Uh, hit it, Bri. Love new lane. Inject this into your arm. I don't, it's going to go right through your bloodstream mm-hmm. into your veins. That's it. That's all it is. Oh, that looks sticky. Put some in your mouth. Let it droop on your tongue. Everybody loves the come vaccination. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Everybody loves the come vaccination. You know what's really funny? I just, I, I, it just tickles me pink. How the porn mm. industry just piggybacks on to hey. like pop culture and just starts yeah. producing yeah. porn versions of of anything that's going on in the world that's popular. I just want to say that, Jer, you set that up by saying this is something that I just stumbled across today. Like, I, <laughs> like where did you where did you stumble across that? <laughs> yeah, Jer, Jer, Jer's own very personal, well, uh, well. interesting lane on Pornhub. <laughs> hey, look, man, I'm I'm alone in this apartment in Toronto. I got to find things to do. Um, hashtag med porn. <laughs> hashtag med porn. Uh, hashtag COVID porn. Hashtag come vaccination. Yeah, um, so and what's great about it is you can inject yourself. <laughs> you, you have the means of production. Yeah, uh, yeah. We and all I'm, do. I'm, and I'm getting ready to come home and inject uh, inject some some other folks. So, um, listen. Uh, okay. The reason I brought this up uh, was because uh, God, we are really pushing the limits on what we are capable of doing on uh, this platform. Uh, okay. So, having said that, uh, the reason I brought this up, and actually, Taylor, to your point, yes, um, the porno industry does do this, and this is what this entire article is all about. So, this came from Motherboard. Uh, love the folks over at Motherboard; they're always putting out good shit. Oh, this uh, was COVID- a segue. This was a segue. Yes. Yeah, so okay. co- well, the, well, no, this is actually from said article. <laughs> COVID porn has a new theme: getting jabbed. Um, so that clip was originally meant to be a simple come eating instructional, and technically <laughs> it still is. But considering a rise in discourse around the COVID nineteen vaccines, as the unvaccinated fill up hospitals and conspiracy theories continue to spread, she gave the scene an inoculation twist. Uh, that was Portia. Uh, what was her name? Portia. Let's bring her back up real quick. Yeah, let's just watch it one more time. Portia, Portia Parker. Parker. You know what? This is okay. Fine. You can. <laughs> but no, we don't need to watch it through again. You've watched uh, this I, I, like fourteen times today already, for sure. <laughs> so Portia Parker, uh, she was quoted saying, "I wanted to tie in the nurse outfit with something, so why not try something different and have them injected with cum?" She told Motherboard in March 2020, days before the pandemic was even declared a pandemic. Coronavirus-themed porn was going viral with performers incorporating surgical masks, clean suits, and apocalyptic vibes into their content. It was all anyone could talk about. Might as well make some porn out of it. 
And in the early days of the vaccine rollout, getting vaccinated could get you laid. People cruising Tinder and Bumble added Vax for Vax, and OkCupid added vaccination statuses to their matching questionnaire. 18 months later, we are still struggling with low vaccination rates and whether mandating vaccines could stop deadly variants like Delta from uh, sending us back into lockdown. Porn, always a cutting-edge social barometer, has turned another bleak cultural moment into boner fuel. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, who doesn't love boner fuel? Uh, with titles like, is your sperm a COVID-19 vaccine, boss? And, <laughs> and, and, and hold on. And this one's my favorite. And, and this is all caps. Lockdown. The coronavirus vaccine is in the ass. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to, wait, what's that a play on? Is that a play on air? Is ass uh, subbed in for air? No, it, I think it's just that if you want the vaccine, you got to go searching for it in that ass. Okay. It's in the okay. ass. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> you feel me now? Hey, desperate um, times call for desperate measures. That's right. Time to right? go splunking. Uh, many. She. Oh God. Let's go. She. Many. Many of these aren't actually about needle play or medical fetishes. The prick usually is attached to the dude. And the serum is semen. Everything else is up to your imagination. Some, however, are about getting or fantasize, uh, fantasizing about getting literally jabbed. Medical fetishism encompasses a wide range of kinks and yens. One could be turned on by latex gloves, catheters, clamps, stethoscopes, anything you'd find at a hospital. Even with just a nurse uniform, medical fetish <clears throat> can cross over into whatever you want. As a plot point and film genre itself, Laura Helen Marks, porn scholar and professor of English at Tulane Tulane University and author of Alice in Pornland, sees similarities (laughs) between Vax themes and horror. Uh, This might be an interesting guest to have on the show for a fun RC episode. Wait, can you just say what her title was? I know. How fucking good is that Just say that again, yeah. A porn scholar and professor of English at Tulane University. And author um, of that, that and book. author of Alice in Pornland, which <laughs> uh, it I mean sounds great. I think so we've got she, a lot of porn scholars, maybe even in this room. That's <laughs> definitely in the audience. Yeah, definitely in the I mean, virtual space. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. In the much more real, porn. much more safe virtual space. <laughs> uh, she was quoted saying, "In terms of porn that dabbles in themes of disease, viruses, vac- uh, vaccinations, antidotes, and the like." These themes are grappled with quite directly in vampire and zombie porn, she said. There is no surprise, as mainstream media uses the same narratives to deal with those themes, vampires and zombies are the result of a virus or contagious disease. In Beyond Fucked, a zombie odyssey, directed by Tommy Pistol in 2013, (laughs) humans trying to survive the plague that's turning people into the undead test each other before sex. They also have to prove that they're clean before they can enter clubs. In The Walking Dead, a hardcore parody directed by one of my favorites and uh, uh, past guest of Turn Me On, Joanna Angel, also directed and, and premiered in 2013, humans fuck zombies and zombies crave semen, but cum is a kind of antidote <laughs> slash silver bullet. Closer to the naughty mad scientist genre of a lot of vaccination porn today, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde parodies also deal with themes of the desire to fuck around, but also the hesitancy and fear of contamination. As Marx puts it, where medical, where, where mystery potions and antidotes come into play. She was quoted saying, as far as the current pandemic is concerned, the obvious erotic aspects are vaccination. Or sorry, are vaccination equals the ability to fuck around again and hook up at will. Marx said, uh, but I think there's more to it than that. Considering the stuff outlined above, I imagine a lot of the erotic tension in vaccination porn is that pleasure of being nasty. As a medical fetish, COVID porn and vaccination porn are a subset, uh, are, are, sorry, as a subset, is building on a large history of the adult industry's handling of personal and community health. I thought this was really interesting, this, this take here. Um, uh, in the real world and as well on set. So in March 2020, the Free Speech Coalition asked all porn sets to halt production to slow the spread of the virus. So all major studios stopped shooting 
at least until California lifted restrictions on mainstream film production in June. But many studios didn't reopen until well after that as a matter of safety. They've been implementing test and trace programs for decades. Performers have to show documentation of negative STI test results every two weeks through the PASS program or risk losing work, or in the worst case, shutting down all sets if an outbreak seems imminent. Public health experts concede that most workplaces could learn something from the adult industry's handling of COVID. When the devastatingly rampant disease they were battling was HIV, producers tried to make safe sex sexy. Mm -hmm. So that was just a a little interesting kind of take that I thought would be fun to start this week's Feel Good Fridays, is how, you know, the, the porn industry, this place that is racked with stigma is actually one of the industries of work that that is is actually like doing a really good job at managing and and considering like the issues when it comes to public health yeah what you're saying is that they should be advising on public health policy like they should be like Mm -hmm. public health policy consultants Hey, there's a reason we call them Daddy Strang. You guys guys know that when I was in the hospital, they wanted to give me a catheter. It was the best course of action. Um, But I kept, I had such a raging erection every time they said catheter. That they couldn't. That they couldn't. They couldn't put it in because I feel like it would be easier. No, no, because it it swells. It swells, and there's not enough space. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 yeah, that makes sense. Because, but, but now that I know that my community is out there, I'm going to go and. I'm going to go and find them. <laughs> you know, I saw an interesting sort of like um, um, you mentioned like how they're they're sort of um, becoming this sort of like shining example of of how we should be responding to COVID-19, um, especially in, in the way that they create um, preventative measures measures in the workplace. I got a retainer today. And it's really hard he's to really, talk. He's really he's working his way but, through uh, it, everybody. But um, uh, I saw <laughs> this. Makes those little sound. <laughs> I saw this. Uh, I have to wear my retainer for uh, 24 hours a day for a week, and then hey, I'll only but he's wear done his Invisalign. Everybody, I'm done round, Invisalign. Of a, round of applause and, uh, for Brian. And then, uh, and then I, Wait, I will sorry, only wear Brian. this at nighttime. So, hold on, hold on. Sorry, you're I had a point your, that I was going to make. Yeah, yeah, I'm done, done my Invisalign. I know, but you're done yeah. your Invisalign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How the fuck you were on it for? What, like six months? Uh, about nine months. That's all it took. Yeah, nine months goes by surprisingly fast, you guys. And this isn't yeah. even like we're not getting paid for that. Wow. Oh, wow. no money. Uh, hey, uh, huge shout out to Paradigm Orthodontics uh, that <laughs> that did my Invisalign. They actually told me if I mentioned them on the podcast, they would give me uh, my Invisalign for free. Oh, really? So yeah, so I have I'm a, actually. I have a shout now, out. I'd like these to are make free now. Shout out to Wayne Sankey. <laughs> shout out to Wayne Sankey, father of our one and only Low Sankey. Um, you know, he brought me, he came to town. We went for a bike ride, made him sweat, obviously. Wayne Skanky. Uh, got this Latini's, uh, bicycle repair shop t-shirt that he gave to me. He gave one to Brian too. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Yeah. So, Jared got uh, some Bucky's. Yep. Thank you very <laughs> I much. Guess, like, I got Thank some you. Treats. Thank you, Wayne. You've done a very wonderful so job. So the, the point that I wanted to make though, is that, uh, this reminded me of, of another group of people who are a shining example of things to do during COVID-19, which is get vaccinated. Did you see that the LGBTQ plus 2S plus community is like 96% vaccinated? No. 92% no, vaccinated? Sick. Single, single do- first dose. Fucking responsible um, group, man. And, and, uh, can we, and so can we get some of that? I saw this on Instagram. Well, I don't even and I know was, what I mean by we when I say somebody, that. I'm like, somebody posted. Everybody um, else. Some some um, advocacy group posted an image of that on Instagram and it was a slider and you could see um, the different data sets and where this data is coming from. And uh, one of the things when I read through the comments, um, everybody was like, yeah, like, no fucking kidding. We know what it's like to be yeah. Um, yeah. In, a, in a pandemic. And they were referencing uh, oh, HIV, right. like many, many, many comments re- referencing oh. HIV. And they're like, when there is something that can protect you, fucking do it. Yeah, right. And yeah. It, yeah. it made so much sense. Yeah, I need to yeah, take well, my retainer. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's really interesting. It made so much sense. <laughs> you, you, um, yeah, I think you think you sound weirder than you do. I hear it in yeah. my headphones. Yeah, you don't. I, yeah. I can't even tell. It's okay, sweet. I, I can't either. But can you just say huge one more time, Brian? Huge. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> I heard that one. Uh, well, here, speaking of huge, here's a huge fucking problem. Uh, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a shit sandwich on this week's episode. Um, uh, the bread's good, but here's the shit on the inside. Okay. This man, uh, this article really bummed me out. And uh, 
And it's it's from uh, here in Nova Scotia. Uh, so this was from uh, Global News. Man with diabetes dies in NS emergency room lobby while waiting for care. Fuck, Whoa. I saw this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a father, a grandfather, a great-grandfather, a lover of life, a master of one-liners, and a caring husband of 58 years. <clears throat> Keith Harker of Bedford, Nova Scotia, which is uh, the town right next to where I grew up, uh, was all of those things and many more, according to his widow, Simone Harker. Quote, I found out after he passed away how much he was loved because everyone's comments were how wonderful of a man he was, she said. He was really, really a wonderful man. Keith died in late July, sitting in a wheelchair in the lobby of the Cobquid Community Health Center emergency room, waiting to receive care. He was 78. Um, she says... Simone says, I relive it all the time, uh, Simone said of that fateful day on July 22nd. So Keith had diabetes for nearly 40 years. <clears throat> and the night before he died, he hadn't been feeling well, and his sugars had been really high recently. He had an appointment to see a doctor on the following Monday. He was still well enough to see some friends uh, on the evening of July 21st, and it was a very different story the next day. So that morning, quote, that morning, he couldn't even sit up in bed, Simone recalled. With the help of two family members, they were able to get him to a wheelchair and take him to the emergency department at the Cobquid Community Health Center in Sackville, my hometown. Quote, she said, I looked in there and it was packed. Super typical for, you know, Nova Scotia Mm -hmm. emergency room. Uh, it was about 9.30 in the morning when they arrived. Cobquid's always a fucking shit show, too. Yeah. It was about 9.30 in the morning when they arrived. Her husband had vomited into a bucket that they brought, and later, a bag provided by hospital staff. They waited for about two hours for him to be triaged. Oh, so two fuck. hours for him to even get triaged. He's, he's in there. He's vomiting. Uh, when they tested his blood pressure, sugars, and ketones were all very high. Sitting at a second triage window, he was still vomiting, but what was coming up, uh, what was coming out at this point had turned white. Wow. Quote, then all of a sudden his head went down, Simone said, dropping her own head forward to demonstrate. Quote, and I lifted his mask and he was frothing at the mouth and his skin started to change colors immediately and I screamed. Hospital staff rushed out and spent a half hour trying to resuscitate him, but at that point it was too late. He was gone, she said. Simone said that as they waited, she tried to explain to the hospital staff how quickly her husband's health had taken a turn and even pleaded with a paramedic who was there to see if they could take him in in an ambulance to another hospital. Mm. That paramedic said, quote, he's going to have to wait somewhere. He might as well wait here. She was clear that she did not blame the hospital staff who seemed overworked and appeared to be doing their best in the crowded ER but she questioned how the triaging system worked and said her husband should have been seen much sooner. Mm-hmm. Quote, when I looked around the room, there were so many people. Some of them were laughing and joking and sitting, she said, adding that a girl who appeared to have sprained, a sprained ankle was before them in line. Quote, I'm thinking there has to be some serious illnesses here. Why are they just going as, why are they just going as they come? Simone said it was difficult for her to come forward with her story, but after hearing about people who have gone through similar things, like Anne McPhee, whose husband died after waiting 40 minutes for an ambulance, she feels like she has to speak out. There's more to this. I'm going to continue it, but, you know, there's obviously, the system's fucking fucked, obviously. And I I don't know if this is like a a countrywide thing or if it's it's more so in Nova Scotia, because a lot of these stories that are coming out, like Anne McPhee's and like Simone's, um, we're hearing like th- there was another story that, that the gentleman who had to wait in his driveway um, three for hours, three hours a, for an ambulance that was coming from like a two and a half hour drive away that came from to get south shore from yeah. 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 yeah, there's a, he a huge he had a, shortage. He had a broken, <clears throat> he had a broken hip and he was laying in his driveway mm-hmm. for three hours waiting for an ambulance that, and he was in Dartmouth. So that's where we live. So for context for folks that don't know Nova Scotia, we live in, we live in Halifax and Dartmouth, right? Uh, Parsboro is a three-hour drive away. This ambulance that was coming to give him service was dispatched from Parsboro, three hours away. That's fucking he crazy. Was, he was sitting in his driveway with police and firefighters. And, and I don't have this story up, but I read this story earlier today. <clears throat> um. It's protocol 
to the protocol is to not inform the public nor other emergency response teams where an ambulance is being dispatched from, which makes no fucking sense to me at all. And so the cops had no idea where this ambulance was. Three hours later, a police officer was like, fuck this shit. And he picked up this gentleman, put him in his car, and drove him five minutes to the nearest hospital. Okay, so, so that's did the situation. Did you say he in. broke his hip? Yeah. I mean, so that, like... So, elderly what, elderly gentleman, he was an yeah. older man, laying in his Bro- driveway. Broke his hip. On a, on a fucking what, hot day, broke hip, yeah. When I broke my hip, the there was such a rush to... I mean, they were very careful before I was put in the ambulance, but there was such a rush and such a concern because, and I didn't know this until after, but when you break your pelvis, when they, when you break your hip, there's a, there's like a really, there's a, there's a really high chance of, uh, because of the proximity to all your organs that there's a, that there's like really serious internal bleeding and you could die. Wow. Uh, you could die very quickly. That's crazy. So, so, I mean, so kind of tying in the idea that they're not allowed to know where that's being dispatched from because uh i'm sh- i'm sure that firefighters i know the firefighters and police officers have a you know a pretty high high level of uh of like um communication like, between just like training oh, tra- training like, like training, first aid like first or like aid training first responder training. so that would yeah. probably be something that a police officer or a firefighter would know as well and if yeah. they had the information that that ambulance was coming from so far away they probably they would they, they would have made that decision to yeah. bring that guy in so much sooner with yeah. the knowledge that Hey, this person has an injury that yeah. could very likely come with serious internal bleeding, which he could die from very, very yeah. soon. So, yeah, but on <clears throat> but on the other hand, though, like it, that still might be the kind of injury that you wouldn't want to move someone totally. if you yeah. weren't aware yeah. Yeah. of the extent of the in, uh, of the injury without, or you wouldn't want to move them without special equipment or doing some type of. But that's the thing is, it's hard to make that. And then you're weighing, calculation. Yeah. Like if you if they knew, it was, oh, it's going to take three hours for this ambulance to come from Parsboro, then that risk calculation well, would have been very different. That's totally. the other thing. Yeah. Have you guys uh, ever had the experience when you're waiting for like someone to come and pick you up or? some like an event to start and you just feel like you feel like oh here's a good example when you're waiting on fucking hold booster juice yeah when you're Uber waiting use. for your booster juice to come <laughs> when you're waiting on hold and like you know the first 10 minutes goes by and you're like what the fuck why am i waiting so long and then like you look at the time that you've been on the phone again and you're like what the fuck it's been 20 minutes and then you look again and it's like what the fuck it's been an hour and a half and time like you keep thinking like any, it it's been so long, be any longer. it couldn't possibly be any yeah, longer. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I just imagine them sitting there going, well, it's been 30 minutes. They must be here any minute now. And then, yeah. you know, the next thing, three hours. Is I mean, up. after three but, hours, I'm sure the cop is like, I don't want to fucking be here anymore. Like, <laughs> no and, kidding. I'm, and I'm, sure, I'm, sure, no. I'm sure this old man who's in fucking pain doesn't either. Like, fuck this shit. Let's get out of here. You know? Yeah. I'd be interested um, to know what, what hospitals, um, how or if hospitals... And like different sectors of healthcare that need um, that need um, doctors uh, trained in specific fields, like how they or if they communicate with med schools to try to promote where med schools are like, you know, this area of medicine is something like ER medicine is where like we need ER docs, especially in, you know, XYZ city region, whatever because mm. I wonder if they if they communicate in that way with med schools, because when you see because when you see that, you know, I know it's not just the doctors, it's the it's the nurses and it's the it's all the it's all the administration and all that stuff that comes together to work. Um, um, but if they're just just having people waiting, not only, you know, I've been to three, four, five hour waits in the emergency room, mm-hmm. but even on top of that two hours before you even see somebody who assesses how serious your situation is. I mean, you know, you're showing up to the emergency room and you're not even able to tell the person that you might die soon or that you are, Mm -hmm. or that you are, you, you are, you're not even able to tell that person yet how dire your situation is for them to see you. When we were having the conversation that we recorded on, uh, on our YouTube shorts the other day about why the USA sucks at healthcare. Um, the report that came out has five different categories that countries are being ranked under. 
And, um, you know, the thing that we were only realizing while we were talking about why the USA sucks is that Canada actually really sucks, sucks too. too. And, uh, and yeah. out of the 11 countries that were, um, profiled or ranked in the report, Canada was 10th and in yeah. access to care, we were 10th in that category specifically yeah. too. So the only country performing <laughs> worse was the United States. And frankly, um, uh, like that's probably one of the reasons why, I mean, mm. it just seems like we're not, we're not spending our money effectively enough, but also it feels like the whole healthcare system yeah. is underfunded I, as well. Yeah. And can yeah. I like anecdotally, like my experience, because I grew up in the United States and I had a really sweet, I had really sweet like medical insurance because my dad has a really good job and like really great insurance package. So I, like the U S is really asymmetrical because like, if you were like my family mm. and like privileged, you could access it. Like I never, I never had to wait or it would just be like, Oh, we'll just make an appointment. Or if I wasn't mm. feeling or needed right. any sort of attention, no worries. Like I never waited very long uh, in emerge. I can't remember waiting very long even then. And then like my experience coming to Canada has been like, I don't know, so much different, so much different and like yeah. not, great but then at the same time like i don't pay for any of it and i, yeah. I you know and that was the so. difference in the in the report was that yeah. the, the barrier to access in the u.s was largely <clears throat> cost driven yeah um and the mm. barrier to access in canada is 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 uh like wait wait time capacity like you know yeah. like the yeah. the amount of time that you have to wait in canada to get care might be just as much of a deterrent as the cost that somebody in the u.s might have to face going to you know what i mean like yeah like viewed as the same like what i'm not gonna go because it's gonna cost so much and somebody in canada is thinking i'm not gonna go because i'm gonna have to wait for six hours and like if that happens in the middle of the night and you got to get up and go to work tomorrow the next morning and you know you, whatever your financial situation is you can't do that you can't miss work like there's so many yeah. waiting i mean you got to make that calculation i've gone to the emergency room overnight and been like i can only wait here for so long or i can yeah. only not get so many hours of sleep and mm. not even just emerge like even trying to get into your family doctor can be a like a yeah. gong show and yeah. so hard to try yeah. to arrange whereas like when i grew up if i like wanted to see my family doctor for whatever it would just like it would be easy oh oh yeah book a time how about like tomorrow at 2 p.m cool see you then Ooh. whoa <laughs> yeah so so the, the article goes on to say, in a statement, Nova Scotia Health spokesperson Brandon Elliott said the hospital uses the Canadian triage and acuity scale where patients presenting at the emergency room are assigned a triage level between one and five from most serious to least serious. He was quoted saying, it is important to note that the initial intake of a patient at the admitting station does not necessarily reflect the order in which they will receive care. Someone could arrive with an arm injury and be admitted first, but would not be seen by a healthcare professional until all other more serious patients are screened, he said. Quote, occasionally, lower acuity patients are seen before higher acuity patients, depending on the availability of appropriate care areas. For example, the person with an injured arm might be seen in an available chair in the hallway, while a higher acuity patient with abdominal pain may need to wait for a bed to become available. He said, and this is this is the fucking quote. This is the quote that makes me so annoyed by all of this. He said, there is no way for people who need immediate care to get moved up in line to be triaged. Quote, there is no process to triage who gets triaged first, he said. First come, first served at the triage desk to determine who actually gets treated first. And the it's reason why that fucking annoys me is that it's such a like it's such a fucking cop out. It's like yeah. well, you know what? We actually it's just no it's just it's not possible. We just it's mm -hmm. not there's no way. There's no way that we can there's no way that we can find another system that works better than the system that we have. And that to, to me is that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, like, it, I mean you're just you're saying there's no way because you haven't you haven't look. I'm going to say this, and and please, please, listeners, if you're out there and you have, because I, I don't know anything, but but if you know more than I do, please let me know. Like, correct me here. But I feel like you're just saying that because 
You haven't fucking thought of a better way. Well, well obviously, dude, yeah. it's a PR response to something that happened within the last 24 hours. How how could he possibly? And he's not the person who's who's you know tasked with coming up with the the solution to that. He's yeah. he's the messenger. And the fact is, is that like, how could you possibly know that there's no way because you haven't even had enough time to think about it? Yeah. And like that yeah. that to me, that's just a mindset and. That mindset, if adopted by enough people, is the heart. That's, like, that's the root of the problem. A, is that yeah, there, there, there will always forever be a lack of innovation if people don't think that there's anything that can be done to solve the problems that exist. Yeah, you know what? That's a loser's mindset. We need, <laughs> yeah. we need some fucking we need more winners. winners. We need more winners. <laughs> but in a Speaking way, of, God. Oh, sorry. Sounds what were you gonna say, Jerry? Oh, like I was gonna say. Campaign, I but like that's but that that part of the statement is what is wrong. Like at least we have identified what the problem is. If the problem yeah. is that there there's no way to triage triage, then that at least we know that, and then we can work from there towards a yeah. solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simone said that she wants to see some more creative and effective ways of getting seriously Fuck ill yeah. patients into the triage level sooner. And with an election, which is actually happening today as we record this, she hopes for major changes from whoever forms the next provincial government. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of a bummer of a story there, um, but important conversation nonetheless. And I, I do hope that uh, I do hope that there's like some steps taken, because, again, although this has happened to Keith, this isn't the first time that this has happened. This is this is one of a slew of incidences that have been popping up as of late, and uh, clearly there needs to be some fucking changes. And like, yeah, it's not one of those. It's like I don't look at this and 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 view this as one of those changes that seem so outside our capability that like I you know that I have that that sort of mentality of like oh man that what a bummer because like I can't imagine there's any way to fix this. To it's, be fair though, it's a fucking I haven't even fixable situation. Well, I haven't even thought of it for that long, and I already have the solution, you guys. It's oh, wow. Like, and it's, I want to hear it. It's funny because I feel like, you know, we, it's our fault, actually, because we've been blaming Sick Boy's fault, like our, the podcast. Yeah, the way that we've been talking <laughs> about it right now, because we've been blaming the system. And, you know, we've been saying that the system needs to be innovative, the, the system needs to think a little bit more about the problems that exist and really try harder to solve them, right, right. be better with the resources, be re- better with spending money. And it's actually bullshit because the only thing that needs to happen is that people just need to stop getting so sick. And because we, like, we just yeah. need to fit into the system <laughs> yeah. better. Right. Because like, think if we just all tried 1% or 2% harder to get like not sick or like not injured and not have to use the ER, then... I mean that would actually that would actually present that would actually It'd be a solution. I mean one to two percent. If right. every single person was tried one, that, like, was one to two percent more conscious about their decisions, that would yeah. actually because I subscribe crazy, to the mindset about be being one percent better, and right. it's like just a series of one percent decisions. I mean, it's definitely to, not going to stop people from going to the ER, but like, well, everyone no, would be it, just a touch like healthier. If you so, <laughs> I actually listen. I've this is my problem in articulating this idea because I didn't really get at the root of this. What I really think it is, is it's about meditation because I think that if we can sit down and positively, you know, recite these mantras in our head. Have any of you guys read the secret? Yeah. Because Uh, really the reason uh, why we're getting so sick is because we just think that we're sick, right? Moving moving right along. It's all in your mind. Um, uh, but on a, on a more serious note, actually, like I feel like I that was serious. Be, what are you talking? Uh, about? <laughs> it would be it would be interesting to see, like, in the future, some sort of um, uh, some sort of like a digitized, like AI based triage before the triage system. You know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah. It's like you come in, you fucking in in input some like some information into a little fucking computer, and then GPT three is like, all right, I'm gonna spit out like my thoughts on what's what's most important here and like i'm you know i don't know i fully believe in ai's capabilities of doing everything and anything better than we ever fucking could so i I would say i mean you know so i'm assuming like a i don't know this i'm assuming a triage nurse isn't specifically a triage nurse they might do that they might do that task but it's not you're not trained to be specifically a triage nurse, are uh, you? That's right. No, I, don't think so. I, I think you. I think it's like if you're a nurse, then you can be put on triage. But right, also, yeah. right. Yeah. So um, like, so 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 this would be an incredible I mean, there's way. There's training that goes into it for sure. No, of course. Yeah, I was but, say. but but this would be an incredible example of where AI could 
come in, take a a very um, a very uh, a burdensome human task, mm. take that person, take the burden off of the human who could be doing other other things yeah. to move the yeah. whole process along, yeah. and and have AI do triage there's I mean, probably a, there's but there sure is there's a, a company out there is doing that the, the, the other there thing are, though is the thing that um makes that hard <clears throat> though is that part of being a triage triage nurse is about you know looking at the scene that's happening in front of you and sort of reading between the lines on some of the things that are said too because you know like like we say on the podcast right. all the time like right. we're always telling people to go in and say that your pain is a 10 because like, no, dude, you, you know, are always, you, you are get, always doing that. You got to be the first you're one. In. The hack guy. <laughs> right. I just go but, in and tell. I, I just go in and say, "Hey, I'm the host of Sick Boy Podcast," and they go, "Get this motherfucker in right now." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, ultimate, really, you know ultimate really, hospital you know, hack. You know what's really funny is that's not that untrue. Um, uh, look, let's move right along into something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more fun. Uh, listen, guys. So we just found we just this this came up in our Discord. We have so many lovely patrons, and uh, one of our patrons dropped an article that I had actually read earlier that day before they put it on our Discord. And we had this very lovely conversation that transpired around uh, this one particular article that was about our buddy Steph Streco. Steph um, had a, he has cystic fibrosis, like myself. Uh, he had gotten approved to get Trikafta. I hope it's okay that I'm saying this. Uh, Steph, if you're listening, I didn't even ask you, but whatever. It's in the fucking news. So, um, <laughs> And it's, it's, it was a CBC article. We're, so making, was, we're making inferences that make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, it's a CBC article, so we're, we're, we're actually like inclined to... I didn't have any... This is the one CBC article that I included in uh, this week's episode. So, yeah, it's uh, part of the contract. So, we gotta we yeah. gotta read a CBC article every time. That's right. They're like, yeah. you, you guys are reading too many global articles. We need to do more CBC. <laughs> so um, link uh, in the anyway, description. Steph um, Steph got approved by his insurance company to get Trikafta, and then they 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 reversed their decision uh, because fucked. because of the twenty five thousand dollar a month price tag. Um, so anyway, it was really it was a big fucking bummer, and it was one of those things that. That made me feel a little disheartened in thinking about my future and that drug and the the very real possibility that I, I might not get my hands on that drug, at least in the near future. And, and could that potentially mean that I don't get it fast enough? So anyway, having said that, um, I have a feeling I'm probably going to be dying soon, guys. And yeah, I was so going to say, what that, is a fucking sob story? Yeah, with with that, um, when I die, if you guys aren't doing this shit at my funeral, then I don't want anyone to be coming to my funeral. We love you. We love you. We love you, yeah. We love Yeah, <laughs> fucking, fucking pour one out for my homies. Is that not the most baller ass six celebration? Also, can you play it one more time? Let's just look at what everyone showed up to the funeral wearing: <laughs> jeans and t-shirts all around. Oh my god! <laughs> can we also talk about how that casket is gold? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I, I, I was just thinking about how like they're pouring all of that fucking alcohol onto that really nice casket and it's going to, yeah, but then it's going to get buried. But then it's so going to get buried in the ground forever. You know what we need yeah. to do? We need to set up like a lip to catch all of the running alcohol after so that we can pour it out, but then also drink it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's a, a fucking yeah, like waste. That, like that little bar tray that catches yeah. all the, all the mm. excess liquor. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite alcohol. Mm, the dregs. Uh, yeah, yeah, so good. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. 
Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. So, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, I'm going to go into uh, another video soon here, but before I do, uh, Quebec, uh, the place that I just drove through recently, they, um, you know, Quebec's, Quebec's taken a really interesting stance on COVID when it comes to regulations from day one. Um, and that is no different in this scenario. Uh, Quebec to bar unvaccinated people from non-essential public places. Unvaccinated people in Quebec will be denied access to non-essential public spaces such as bars, restaurants, and gyms as of September 1st. Uh, so a couple of weeks away, anyone who is not vaccinated will no longer be able to enter bars, restaurants, gyms, etc. The province's health minister announced this on Tuesday as he revealed details of the most sweeping vaccine passport policy in the country. Health Minister Christian Dubé uh, or Dubé, Dub, Dub, Dubby. Dubé, you, were, uh, you had it. <laughs> Christian Dubby said at a news conference on Tuesday that Quebecers uh, would need to scan a code on a smartphone application to get into busy public spaces, including festivals and concert venues. I think Employees, that's happening everywhere, man. I think that's going to happen everywhere. They're doing well. They're doing uh, it in Manitoba. Not, they're doing it in Manitoba right now. So, yeah, yeah. There's there's two other provinces that took it on, but but it's actually not going to happen everywhere. And and we get to that in this article here. Well, we actually um, Taylor and I actually talked to uh, a, an ethicist and philosopher who um, wrote an op-ed on vaccine passports yesterday, and ooh, that episode ooh. is coming out uh, in the next couple of weeks. And yeah. uh, I think it's next week, bananas. Um, uh, the, uh, people from other provinces and countries will also have have to use the system, but employees at these businesses will not face the same vaccination requirements to avoid running afoul of labor laws. The announcement continues Quebec's record of aggressive and controversial responses to the COVID-19 pandemic, (laughs) which ravaged the province's long-term care sector during the first wave with its long winter curfew and early decision to delay second doses of the vaccine, Quebec has regularly staked out distinct policy terrain from the rest of the country, sometimes inspired by ideas in Europe. The province will begin to test the passport at a Quebec City sports bar this week, uh, the first of at least two pilot projects intended to smooth out technical issues before the formal launch in September. The system will cover all of Quebec, not just hard-hit regions, as the government previously said, in response to rising case counts and the growing prevalence of the more contagious Delta variant of the novel coronavirus. The health minister presented the expensive new, or, sorry, expansive new policy as a way to prevent another round of lockdowns in a fall resurgence of the virus. Quebec will become the third province in Canada to use a vaccine passport of some kind, after Manitoba and PEI, although Quebec's will be the most comprehensive. Visitors to PEI can apply for a proof of vaccination pass to allow them to enter the province without self-isolating, while residents of Manitoba, with proof of two shots, can attend some larger gatherings such as pro-sporting events. Other Mm. provinces, such as Florida... AKA Alberta say they have no plans to implement the vaccine passport program. Ontario uh, health minister, Christine Elliott said on Tuesday that her government will not mandate vaccinations and individual businesses can decide whether to require them for staff or patrons. Genevieve uh, Bolio Patelier. Pelletier. Genevieve. Uh, psychologist and associate <laughs> oh, professor. Wow. At the- <laughs> we just lost anybody, any Francophone listeners that we had. I've now exited uh, the chat. We definitely don't have I, any. I either. really don't think we have. I don't think we have any. Um, a psychologist <laughs> and associate professor Zero. at the University <coughs> Université Quebec uh, Montreal said the passport system could help overcome some vaccine hesitancy by giving har- by giving hardened <clears throat> opponents an excuse to get their shots while saving face. She was quoted saying. There are people who don't dare give up their position, she said. Now they can say they didn't have a choice. Mm. I think that, so I, when I read this, 
And especially when I read that sentence that said um, that this is like a, a pretty controversial and aggressive move. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I want to get your guys' take because I wasn't there for the conversation that mm-hmm. you had yesterday um, with that gentleman who wrote the op-ed. But I think it's a great idea. Like, I think that it is... I, I, don't, I like I don't, it. I don't want to I'm, give. I'm a uh, I don't want to give too much of it. Too much of it away. But let's, um, let's talk about but, it a little bit. But we'll I, talk I about it a little get bit. Your the, take. The, yeah. the the essence of it is that, and I've I've kind of since the since the idea of a vaccine passport has been <clears throat> introduced like months ago when the vaccine, I guess probably around the time the vaccine was available, like in mm-hmm. January when it first available in January in the yeah. states anyway. Um, and the idea of a vaccine passport got tossed around. Like I could very much see, especially from the U.S. perspective, of how that would, like, I could see the it, it it on upon first thought it was like oh that makes sense, and then upon second thought I went oh and now I see the pro now I see like mm. how people will, will come up against that. Right. In the essence of our conversation that um, with uh, Professor Schaefer from the University of Manitoba, it was you are. It was basically like the the that the ethics of somebody implementing something onto you by going, you need a vaccine passport, mm-hmm. which by the way, means that your passport, everybody has one and it either says that you do or you don't have the vaccine. It's not mandating that you get the vaccine. It's mandating that you have a passport that says whether you do or you don't. Mm-hmm. And then the another layer of that is whether that passport is then used to deny you entry into certain places, venues, government regulated places, or all businesses um, and things like that. But at the core of it, the, 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 ethical, the ethical argument for it is that you are totally free to make your own choices up until when your choices start to affect the lives and the health of other people. And that is where your personal choices or your, or your freedom starts to get curbed. And if you are making choices that affect and could harm other people, then, then the quote unquote other people then have the right to curb your freedom. Yeah. And that the, was the argument. The, the thing I find about it is vaccine passports. Like I, I feel like I'm a, a quite a progressive, socially conscious person. Vaccine passports super bum me out. Um, Interesting. Uh, the first reason is because they it bums me out that we need them because like yeah. there are, yeah, right, in our right. country mm-hmm. there are enough vaccinations um to go around and get everybody vaccinated can you um, imagine march 2020 april 2020 thinking that there would be a fuckload of people that didn't want to get the va- a vaccine to get us out yeah. of this mess yeah, yeah i mean i don't find i Thinking back to then, I didn't think that, but like also it's not hard to, it wasn't, it's not hard to imagine what has happened because, you know, it's I, I think this is the world that we live in. And, but the thing that it bums me up, one, that we need to, that we have to prove that to one another, that like, you know, the science is in, the vaccine helps save lives. Um, we need to get it. So if, you know, the fact that we need to prove that we've done that when it's accessible and everybody can get it, it it just makes me feel sad. I understand the value in the vaccine passport in, you know, say you own a business and you have somebody who's working there who's immunocompromised. You don't want people coming in who aren't vaccinated, who could be, um, you know, COVID positive um, and getting your your people sick. But like, it just, yeah, it just bums me out that we have to prove it. It, and, is, a and to- I, it is a total the, bummer. The, the last thing I'll say is like, I, I brought this up and I didn't want to go into this too much, but I brought this up in the conversation with Dr. Schaefer or uh, Professor Schaefer that um, my uncle uh, was homeless and like um, struggled in the system to get access to public housing and like him having to prove that he had two doses of the vaccine, even if he did. Um, to get into places like drugstores and clinics and grocery stores mm-hmm. it would have been very hard for him to you know, prove that even if he had a card, like he probably would have fucking lost it. He yeah. wouldn't have had yeah. it. And then, and then all of a sudden people who are already marginalized, um, yeah. I feel like it puts them even more at risk. So 
Yeah, it just sucks that they're basically the reason why we need pass vaccine passports is because people are fucking idiots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. and I, yeah. I and and I was thinking about this last night, Jared. I was actually laying in bed and I was thinking about something. I and I I I went back to a something that you had you had said to me years ago. Now, um, I think you asked me if I'd had my flu shot or we were talking about flu shots or something, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't really get the flu shot, and not because I was like, I don't need the flu shot or I don't want the flu shot. I was just like, I just don't. Just, yeah, you know, like, like I just it's not something I do. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I just like I just like I just I just annually don't get around to it (laughs) and then and then you were like well that is bad for me that sucks because if i if you get the flu and then you give it to me and then i you know get pneumonia or whatever like i could get like that could kill me and it's like and 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 while people are walking around out there and and i and i hate it because i i hate that probably no one listening to the show thinks that we're wrong about the, like when we talk about the vaccine, yeah. like we're, I don't think what we're reaching people who think that the vaccine is shitty, you know, and, and I hate, actually, and, I, and you I, know don't, what? I don't, I don't, I don't like that, but it I, makes if, me, but think, you know what? I want to know though. I want to know if you are listening to this right now and you are, you are one of those people that haven't gotten vaccinated yet. You're still vaccine hesitant or you are just outright refusing. Uh, write us letters at sickboypodcast.com. I would love to and, know. And, and let us know. And, and not for us to judge you. Not, not, not like I'm not asking you to out yourself so that we can <clears throat> read your, your, um, your response on the show. I mean, we don't even need to read your response on the show. Um, but it, but it, but it would be awesome if we could. But yeah. I, I'm just, just out of sheer curiosity, out, out of the, you know, the, the tens of thousands of, of listeners that, <clears throat> that are showing up every single week, like I, I want to know. There's got to be. There's got to be. One, there's got to be at least one. There's, there's got to be, be at least, least one, one person out there who's like at least vaccine hesitant to the point where they still haven't gotten it and they're not sure if they're going to. And if that is you, write us letters at sickboypodcast.com and let us know why. I, I want to hear. I want to hear from you. I'm really. I'm it, really curious. It's interesting. Um, one of the things I was I was reading in, uh, another article today about a store locally that uh, put up a sign that was like, if you don't have two vaccinations, um, please only use curbside pickup. Yeah, and uh, and the uh, comment section was like rife with people who were like, fuck this business. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. never going here again. And a lot of the reasons were like, like uh, COVID-19 um, infects people who have been vaccinated with two doses. And um, it's just as infectious when that's not <laughs> true. God, I it's just not, not be more frustrated it's, by it's that. It's not true. The Delta variant um, can easily can just as easily spread because there's just as much virus in the nose and throat, but that is one variant of the virus too. And so it's just like, it also doesn't so fucking much, matter, but there's so much misinformation out there that like, that like mm-hmm. that is the cause of why people think yeah. the way that they do. And then they don't, you know, they hear like a friend of theirs tells them this and then they don't want to ha- like be at odds with their friends because it could jeopardize yeah. the relationship. Man, and it's so the, and so on. it's the news, man. Like, like they, the the lack of understanding that there is a difference between getting COVID and getting sick from COVID, like like hospital sick from COVID, like, man, there's so few people that seem to understand that, and yeah. the news sensationalizes it. Like I, you know, you yeah. see this article that you know some senator in the U.S. Ha- you know got COVID, even though he had both vaccinations, and it's like, yeah, dude, we expect that. That's it's expected. Yeah, they, no yeah. one ever said that if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID. It that just means you're. Yeah. It means you're less likely, but you to are get fuck, extremely but, unlikely to get sick and go to the hospital not, and it's, tax it's the even, hospital system yeah. and have yeah, yeah, and yeah. take up a bed and take up yeah. a, re, uh, a ventilator. It's yeah. like that is the fucking portion that we care about. Mm-hmm. The fucking yeah. point of this thing is to make it so that no one has to go to the hospital or very, 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 very yeah. few people do. Yeah. And that you can get it and you can fucking stay home and be sick and let it run its course and you never tax the hospitals. Like, yeah. the, it's so fucking and not only that, mind-blowing not only that, that people don't it, get it. It's not only that. It's also about the people like myself, the people like Keith, our friend Keith um, um, from uh, Unlocking Bryson's Brain. Like, the people who need you to get the fucking vaccine so that we can so that us us people who are more vulnerable can start to fucking live our lives again just like you just like you so that we can all come together and live our lives again right so it's like again it comes back to this outgroup homogeneity bullshit that just Mm. seems to be plaguing all of us in this one particular scenario 
Um, well, yeah. I mean, we could really just solve this if we just everybody in the morning meditated for ten minutes and thought about you know how. What I don't understand. You know, like, Why don't you we just, just thought about how? Like, it had a mantra that was like, "No more COVID." No, like, that's one would, angle. The other that angle would work that we could take almost certainly. is that if we just did, um, you know, the planes that they use for chemtrails. Yes. <laughs> Let's just yeah. fucking dude. Just put it in the. Just put it in the planes. Commercial just crop fly the planes. Fucker. Fly the planes. Yeah. Crop dust these motherfuckers, yeah. and then we'll just you know air you know like a like a nasal spray type vaccine. I'm sure they yeah, got yeah, that yeah. cook. It's laying around somewhere. Well, um, Bill Gates should be able. There's enough people vaccinated that he should be able to activate the microchip in this like 60 percent of people who are double right. vaxxed to yeah, get. Yeah. To then manipulate them to like you know right turn be, the turn the AI yeah, be his army crank the neural link and just take out the rest of the people right, right. yeah right so yeah. Uh, so I, I want to I now want to play this video and this is going out to all the people who are uh, who who are who are refusing outright to get the vaccine just listen to everyone's favorite action hero because he has some choice words for you but I think people should know there is a virus here it kills people. And the only way we prevent it is, is to get vaccinated, to wear masks, to do social distancing, washing your hands all the time, and not just to think about, well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. Because with freedom comes obligations and, uh, and kind of responsibilities. We cannot just say, I have the right to do X, Y, and Z. When you affect other people, that is when it gets serious. It's like no different than a traffic light. We put a traffic light at the intersection so someone doesn't kill someone else by accident. So this is why we have a traffic light. You cannot say, no one is going to tell me that I'm going to stop here, that I have to stop at this traffic light here. I'm going to go right through it. Yeah, then you kill someone else, and then it is you doing. So this is the same thing with the virus. You cannot go and not put a mask on because when you breathe, you can infect someone else and you can infect someone that then gets sick and may die. So this is why I think we all have to work together on this. The only way we can lick this virus is, again, if we do like I suggested earlier about politics, we have to come together rather than fighting and always just saying, this, according to my principles, I, this is a free country and I'm going to have the freedom to wear no mask. Yeah, you have the freedom to wear no mask, but you know something, you're a schmuck. For not wearing a mask <laughs> because you're not supposed to protect your fellow members around you. It's just that simple. So this is the way I feel about it. And that's why I am out there and talking about it and tweeting out about it and doing videos and all this kind of stuff because I want people to understand. Uh, I don't want to villainize anyone here, but I just want to tell everyone, let's work together and let's stop fighting because there is a virus and it's better to get vaccinated than to wear a mask. Yeah, you're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. Yeah. Dude, you're a schmuck. Of freedom. Dude. Uh, and I, I love yeah. I love that. I love that. And there's a section in that there's a section in that video earlier where he's like, What you you know how many people are are the amount of people in the world right now that are like that think that, you know, you know, XYZ about what has been going on like isn't happening or it's not happening to the same degree, like hospital beds aren't full or whatever the fuck. You know, and it's like and they're like, I'll send you the art. I'll send you the, re I'll send you the study. And you're like, and you're like, dude, fuck off with your study, dude. The study doesn't exist or it's done by some fucking kid in his basement. And, 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 and you're like, and there's, so there's an early, there's a part earlier in this, in that where he's like, you want to know how to build a big bicep? I'll show you, you come to me, you come to me. I'll show you the bicep. You want to know, and you want to know how to, how to, how to stay, stay safe from a virus? You, you, you go to the epidemiologist. <laughs> so he's like, I'll show you how to make the peak. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I do fucking love every time he chimes in. He, uh, you know, say what you will about Arnold Schwarzenegger, but goddamn, it's, it's man so fun a to watch him give a, give a message. Um, listen, folks. We do not this week have an, uh, a what the health uh, segment. And uh, the reason for that is that I want to pull it, put out a call, a call to action to all you listeners. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun with the What the Health segments. Uh, it's, it's always an exciting piece. And last week's What the Health actually came from one of our patrons. Uh, during a live stream of our Feel Good Friday episode, which was live streamed to our patrons, um, which is something that we are starting to do and we're having a lot of fun with it. 
Um, so if you have, if you come across an article or you come across some sort of case study or you come across some wild medical fucking fuckery, uh, send it to us, letters at sickboypodcast.com. We would love to get some suggestions from you. The gnarlier, um, the better. Because the, yeah, the gnarlier, the better. <laughs> and and uh, include links uh, if, if, if there's photos, videos um, that, that, you know, that you, uh, that come with it, uh, send that to us as well. Especially if like those things don't exist, but uh, it's like a what the hell that's very personal to you and you have those photos and you have those videos, send that oh, shit to yeah. us. Oh, yeah. Again, the yeah. gnarlier, yeah. the better. Ruin yeah. our day. Yeah, ruin yeah, our... Ru- yeah. yeah, fuck me up. Um, that's, our, that's our jam. So with that, thank you all so much for tuning in this week. We have so much fun with these Feel Good Friday episodes. We are so glad that you have been joining us on this little journey uh, since COVID started. That's where this all began, these Feel Good Friday uh, episodes. Uh, if you've been listening on Apple Podcasts, we love you. Thank you for that. You can leave a rating and review there. If you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button for sure. Uh, and if you are one of the folks that are tuning in via YouTube, leave a comment below. We'd love to hear your thoughts uh, about anything and everything. And, uh, and of course, subscribe and hit the bell icon so that you know when these uh, videos are coming up. But not just these videos, also our Sick Boy Shorts, which uh, Taylor and Brian have been doing a really, really great job with uh, pumping those out and uh, looking forward to be a part of more of those in the future. Um, yeah, just love that the folks that are here on YouTube are enjoying this because we have a lot of fun uh, inviting you into the studio so that you can hang out with us and see us and, and kind of pretend like you're on the other side of the camera. Yeah, what you see um, is what you get. It's uh, What you see is what you get. <laughs> I'm raw. <laughs> And Jerry mentioned okay. it. Uh, <laughs> I, think I, just, I think I just no, called you. you I think I am raw. I'm raw dog. And I thought I'll I think you, I'll I, show you. I'll show you raw when I come home. I'll show you. Days, I'll show you raw. Oh I'll show you raw God, dog. You guys. Um, Actually, think, you know, you know, we, where I will show you raw dog in it is uh, at oh. uh, Rich's show. Uh, Rich O'Coin, who does the theme music for our Feel Good Friday episodes and for our routine checkup episodes, is doing a show at the Shore Club. I think there might be one table left. Um, and it is, if you've never seen Rich O'Coin perform, it's an experience. It is a fucking experience. And it, this one is going to be very unique, very fun. It's a, it's a movie night, uh, that uh, I'm not going to say any more than that, uh, but it, it will be a movie night. No spoilers. Rich is ca- catering for us. That will be, uh, his music set to some classic, wonderful, uh, scenes from films. Uh, the shore club is a location here in Nova Scotia. Um, and it is on the South shore down by Hubbard's beach. If you've never been to the shore club, it is fucking phenomenal. Such a beautiful spot. Rich has been doing shows there for the last two years. It's become a a bit of a tradition, uh, for myself and my partner to go down and and have a good time. And so, uh, all that is to say is that we, we sure will be there. Wow. Hey, yeah. that was really oh, great. Oh man, Jared mentioned it early in the episode. If you want to tell us about why you don't want to get vaccinated, then uh, let us know at letters at sickboypodcast.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And um, um, even though we do talk a lot of shit about people who don't want to get vaccinated, um, if if you if you've got a if you've got a good argument for it, then fuck, let us know. I'm I'm yeah. I'm always down to to hear the other side of the uh, the argument on on pretty much everything, and and I'll try my best to meet you halfway. Um, and not on this one. Y- yeah, it's tough. No. On, it's, 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 it's tough. We really want to hear. It's tough on this one. We want to hear, but we're not going to meet you it's there. It's tough on this one. But if you've got a really compelling argument, I mean, if you're not doing it, then you've obviously you've got something you believe in. So tell us what you believe in. Tell and us, as yeah. long as it doesn't have to do with Bill Gates or microchips, then we'll, like <laughs> I, I'll consider it. Um, you can do that again. Letters at sickboypodcast.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact. Fill out the guest form, and uh, maybe we'll have you on the show. Lo, uh, I know that you don't have any letters, but uh, you had some comments you want to hit. Yeah, so uh, as as we've mentioned, we have on in addition to this episode, we have some other uh, sick boy shorts for you to check out. And so I just wanted to show some love to um, the folks that are in the comments section, leaving us the nicest, sweetest comments uh, on on these such as Leanne, who left a comment on the uh, why does the USA suck at healthcare video, which you guys should check out. Um, we're in, uh, as was alluded to earlier, I'm in the middle of booking someone that'll come and like t- talk more about that. Nice. Um, yeah. So if you're curious, like in the meantime, check this out. It's super interesting. 
Uh, but anyway, Leanne wrote, uh, first of all, love these after hours chats. Secondly, how the heck do you guys have time for other work when so much time and effort clearly goes into sick boy? Amazing. Much appreciated. Mm. Thank you so uh, much for that, Leanne. Honestly, what a, where yeah. does the time come from? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I feel <laughs> like every day. There is no time. It's like yeah. eight o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. well, it's like eight, it's like currently eight o'clock at night right now, and I have like to go home and do like five hours of. Yeah, I feel like thing. I wake up and then the day is done, and I yeah. and, and I and then I also simultaneously feel like I've done nothing. Yeah, the yeah, thing about it, Leanne, is that time's a construct, and uh, we do <laughs> right. all those outside videos. We do all those around three, four a.m. Uh, Mondays to Fridays. So it, you know, it, it's it's we make oh shit. You guys see that? Yeah. Lights just like cool. Fuck. Um, the other thing is that uh, <laughs> that um, is this place sleep, fucking haunted. What's going on? Sleep is overrated, right? Yeah, sleep yeah. is overrated. I mean, yeah. There is like there is legitimately a small percentage of the population that just really doesn't need the full eight hours. Yeah, you know, Salvador Dali never slept, and he was fine. <laughs> uh, okay, a huge thank you to the people who make this show happen. Lauren Sankey, you're the best. Uh, Taylor McGilvery, I love you. Jeremy Saunders, I love you. Um, and uh, Rich O'Coin, thanks again for the theme music. See you at the Shore Club for sure. And uh, Jeff Lonis, thanks for being our manager. To everybody else that makes this show happen, thank you so much. And all the listeners, especially the patrons, we love you. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.